This is Connor. And this is Paul. And, and welcome, welcome to, to Silver Screamers. Screamers. Your genre-stabbing, decade-ghosting film podcast. Do you like scary podcasts? What's your favorite scary podcast? Silver Screamers! Well, I just want to say our own one. I actually forgot we were doing the intro there. I went into a daydream. You just started the podcast and you were like, <laughs> you were just like looking around going, sha la la. <laughs> we're all going a little bit mad. Everyone gets a little crazy sometimes. Mm, a quote from this film, which is a quote from. Oh, I should know that really. Go on, tell us. He says it two seconds after. Psycho. Oh, Psycho, yeah. We all go to mad sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, week 8, 10, 15, week I don't know. 75, we're still My. here, haven't <laughs> left the couch. We've decided this, normally we do our podcasts from the kitchen, you know, sitting around the kitchen table with a glass of wine and a beer, and today we said, ah, fuck it, we'll just sit on the couch and opposite each other and just chat away, put our feet up. With a and glass of wine and a beer. Yeah, not do it very professionally, just do it a bit more comfortably. Yeah, yeah. Week three in our slasher season. Three, we're getting through well sorry episode three i should uh, say episode three episode we're doing them about every two weeks now, yeah so it has actually bad. if we get this up We've on monday it'll be every fortnight for this we've season. got so many things like on a <laughs> streaming here and where it's going and stuff and it's kind of a commitment you have to start turning out content yeah but i don't feel it's been a granted we're on lockdown but i haven't felt like oh jesus gotta get that podcast out yeah, well if the best predictor of future behavior is past behavior once lockdown ends we're going to go back to doing it once a year or something well yeah so enjoy it now lads <laughs> okay so this episode is on scream which silver screamers doing scream silver screamers uh, doing scream uh, it had to happen eventually but a few little things to about like in a general movie news there hasn't been a whole lot recently but I you heard saying our uh, friend Grace Randolph is struggling to find content a bit. yeah she's doing videos like the top 10 Marvel costumes and top 10 DC costumes which isn't very Grace yeah, but she did yeah. do some proper journalism recently have you heard of um, the Snyder Cut does that does that mean anything to you no so the Snyder oh, Rob Snyder Zack Snyder. Uh, Zack Snyder oh Maybe I have heard of it. Anyway, go on. So, you know the Justice League of America film that came out about two years ago? It's very forgettable. The Justice, <laughs> the Justice League? Yeah. Or is it with just called Wonder Justice League? With Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman, it? Batman, Superman. Oh, yeah. yeah. It wasn't a very good film. Was, I enjoyed it. Was, no, it was very bland. They had these box things and there was a mother and... They oh, had there's a few MacGuffins and... Yeah. yeah I, I, it's a pretty and then, of course, Superman comes back and saves the day. Yeah. So... When that film, I don't know the ins and outs of this totally, so forgive us. But like I said last time, we are not experts. We are more fans of things and, you know, we make mistakes. But apparently, quite tragic. That's such a qualification, like qualifying statement is in. Don't trust anything we say. We're not journalists. We are just... We could be talking absolute shite, so don't write it down. The gist is here. The gist is here. If you're doing the Leaving Cert and you're doing... A essay on your, films don't yeah take word well, i'm sorry we're not your biggest problem then uh anyway no one's doing the leaving cert now apparently <laughs> so listen away so that apparently halfway through that film very tragically his daughter died and um joss whedon took over oh right okay. and there was a few additional scenes and stuff and the film wasn't regarded well by critics or fans at all 
But there was Zack Snyder claimed that he had his own cut of the film that was quite different, and apparently that director's that his his version that's why it's called it's called the Snyder Cut was. Um, oh, I have heard of this. Yeah, it was screened for the cast apart from Henry Cavill um, around the time of the release, and there, apart from Henry Cavill, Henry Cavill doesn't seem to be particularly loyal to the role of Superman. I mean, it hasn't done a whole lot for him, to be honest, but um, anyway, I don't know why. He didn't anyway. And there was this big, uh, there was a big, big fan movement to release this Snyder Cut. And actually last November, there was a big push on Twitter and every single member of the cast uh, tweeted hashtag Snyder Cut, trying to persuade uh, Warner Brothers to release this edit, Uh, apart from Henry Cavill. Oh, I thought you were going to say apart from Joss Whedon. Uh, well, probably him too. <laughs> but no, the cast. And, and uh, So, uh, and at the moment, uh, nobody can make films <laughs> because, you know, the lockdown and stuff, there's nothing being made. And Warner Brothers have just announced that they will be releasing it on HBO in five or six parts. So it's going to be released in... Five or six parts? Yeah, so it's going to be a like... A movie? Uh, well, it's now considered like a... Um, TV a mini series, a mini series, a TV movie mini series, a mini series, yeah. And but it's not. Well, it's going to be reshuffled as one, repackaged as one, and actually, Henry Cavill is actually going to be doing some extra filming. This is kind of unprecedented that more footage is going to be created for a film that is for a new version of a film that was released two years ago. So, Henry, do you know the scene at the start where he looks weird because they tried to CGI his moustache? Oh, yeah. Uh, I think that's going to be re-shot with him now. And, yeah, so, weird, isn't it? Really weird. I'd like, why? Okay, a couple of questions. Would you really be arsed at this stage? Well, apparently people are. And, I mean, people have been... There has been a massive Crawford online. A lot of people... They must have thrown a buttload of money at Henry Cavill to do it. Well, it's not like he's doing anything else <laughs> at the moment. Nobody going to refilm them, actually. Re-film. Well, those those scenes were done on a phone, remember? They were like a kid's footage. Like, oh, look at my phone. Here's Superman. I recorded this when he saved me. Right. So it'd be pretty easy to do it. I don't... I don't on this... Those part... This is, this is all me theorising. I don't know any of this now. Second question... Why a TV movie miniseries? Why not just release it as a film on HBO? I guess if it's uh, over a couple of like weeks. Is it, so it's going to be the same story for most of it, and then there's going to be a different... Uh, no, I guess the film, they're using all the unused footage. So if, like, it might be... Th- I think it's three and a half hours long. So that's, like, five or six 40-minute episodes. Yeah, but the story is the same, sure, you know? It's the same story, but... Well, I mean, I guess there might be... The same script, like, I mean, Joss Whedon didn't change the script, did he? he just kind of uh, Well, over. I think there was probably some subplots that were totally chopped out of it, and then while Joss Whedon filmed other scenes that will probably be left out of it. So it could be quite different. I don't know. I'm curious to see how different it is, to be honest. Yeah. yeah. In other news, uh, it was mooted recently that the Oscars might be cancelled um, because there's no movies. For one, and America's doing shockingly badly with the whole coronavirus, it seems. So they'll still be probably be the need to social distance. So Oscars twenty twenty two. It's kind of shit for the films that were released early twenty twenty that were hoped like maybe the Invisible Man might have hoped uh, Elizabeth they Moss. Just give them the, uh, anything pre-February, maybe, and just say, "Okay, you win by default." Yeah, yeah. maybe in, if they have to defer it for a year in twenty twenty two, they'll do uh, two years worth of Oscars in one, which would be interesting. 
like two best actors to well that well that would defeat the purpose because there has been no films released this year except for those early ones oh just like so i started making an excel of all the new films that we've made there's four (laughs) call the wild invisible man (laughs) extraction and this is funny mortal kombat scorpion's revenge (laughs) the only new films we've watched this year they couldn't have a 2021 oscars we watched no because we watched uh pride and prejudice what not pride and prejudice little women that's two, tw- that's 2019. Was it? Yeah. Oh my God. But we only watched it. We watched it in 2020, but it's a 2019 oh, film. Oh, watched then. Yeah. Knives Out. Yeah, that was... Knives 2019. That's it. This, this, this is a, just, there's no films. So what'll happen is every film that was due to be released this year will get released next year, and everything's just been pushed back a year, so there just won't be an Oscars. Mm-hmm. It just, we love the Oscars. Yeah, we were actually... We were hoping to do our own little... doing a little live silver screamers at one point during the oscars or maybe not live not li- <laughs> live uh, <laughs> tune someday, in mom someday uh it was uh, we, we were kind of thinking of doing our own screamy awards where we do our own screamies yeah where we do our own little awards we can still do it just because the oscars are being cancelled well, scorpion's well, revenge do. there um, that might get best an- probably will get best animated <laughs> uh, <clears throat> so yeah so that's movie news obviously bit dead listening to movie news but before we move on to the topic at hand scream connor why don't you tell everyone what they're listening to you're listening to silver screamers silver screamers is our film podcast where we pick a theme and dissect four films in that theme from different decades and this week we are covering scream in our slashers series Let's say that ten times fast. Slasher series. I feel like I should be like uh, Heidi in Closet from uh, RuPaul there and you know whistle through my teeth when I'm saying it. Can you whistle through your teeth? No. Soft and supple. <laughs> uh, yeah, so Scream, our third slasher. We've been doing this very... We've been kind of moving through the genre of slashers. We started in the 70s with Halloween we started in the 70s then we moved to the 80s '80s with Nightmare on Elm Street and now we're in the 90s and Scream of all the films we've covered is probably the one I've seen the most and certainly the one I had the most experience with growing up I'm sure you saw this oh I saw this uh, when it first came out I think would I have uh, no it so I would have seen it a couple of years after I suppose when it came out on VHS Back in the day, VHS, good. This film, when I was... I don't remember when it first came out. But when I was in secondary school, it had been out... I think Scream 2 even was out then. But I had a friend who just adored this film. It was his favourite film. And I had never seen it. And for my birthday, it was my first birthday in secondary school. So your 12th, maybe your 13th birthday. We had a sleepover and uh, myself and the lads and my dad went to ExtraVision and we picked Scream. I'm pretty sure your dad shouldn't have been getting you Scream. It's probably 18. Well, we got back to my house. Oh, I'd say your mum was disgusted. And my mum was very disgusted and made him return it. Oh, what? I know. I was so embarrassed. So he came back with Salem's Lot. Which is 15s, and she let us watch that. She wasn't going to send him back a third time. But uh, Salem's Lot was a lot, even though it wasn't violent, it was quite scary. pretty scary. I mean, I haven't seen it since, and I reckon it's probably very hammy now. But as a kid, 
it creepers oh, out. Yeah, I'm thinking of, sorry, when you said Salem's Lot, I'm actually thinking of Pet Cemetery. No, and this again was another miniseries. So I think it was two episodes, probably an hour and a half. The film was so, I, my, my one memory is, yes, it's scary, but also it's so long. It was so long, but it was scary. But I, I, so I didn't see Scream for a good few years after that. And then I do remember watching the first scene with Drew Barrymore in my sitting room and my heart was in my throat. It was, I was, I was quite like, <gasps> run, yeah. Run, um, and even when we, we watched it. That's actually, he said he, the first scene with Steve, but her death is very violent. Yeah. Those yeah. two deaths are, yeah. And I was really, really, that really freaked me. Not, but it didn't stay with me the way maybe other films would have like, cause it's not that scary, but that scene was very tense when I saw it as a kid. But before we kind of... Well, no, you tell, you tell me, your, you, 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 never, you don't remember your history with it, no? You remember your history of every movie we ever looked I do. at. I don't, I don't really. I have a good memory um, for stuff like that. I know. I remember, actually remember in school, everyone kind of saying, oh, have you seen Scream? Have you seen Scream? You know, blah, blah, blah. It was a big and deal. I don't know if it was at the, when it first came out, cause, or if it was when it came out on VHS when people my age it then was such a good it. rent like it yeah. was the perfect film to rent with your friends and watch you know and it was so refer- referential to other films it was the kind it was the perfect extra vision film yeah yeah but i can't remember uh exactly when i first saw it do you want before we develop delve into the this film We've done this so far with the other slashers, and it's worked. Do you want to maybe just skim across the franchise as a whole? Do you want to do that, or do you want to do your 240 first? We'll do this franchise as a whole, and then we'll do the 240 before we dive into the film in depth. Um, and I'm just going to put this out and there. We've actually watched these in reverse order this time for some reason. We went 432. Yeah, because we wanted to end with Scream, the one we were covering. Okay, I'm just putting this out there. With the Halloween films and with the Nightmare Before Elm Street films, there's no spoilers we're talking about. There might be the occasional little twist in one of the films and stuff. The Scream films are essentially murder mysteries. And it's important to, to watch these films blind. We're going to spoil them. So we are going to spoil every single death, every single killer <laughs> for the whole series. So if you if you want to watch it, want you to, be if you care, turn off now, turn off now and, come, and back. come back to us. Because these films definitely work best watching them not knowing who the killer is. Um, okay, so, Scream, the franchise, an overview. So, Wes Craven, this stage, big movie star. Sorry, big uh, director Hollywood star. director, I should say, and writer. And I always thought that he wrote these films. I Because oh. he wrote Nightmare on Elm Street, but he didn't. And we'll Kevin talk Williamson. About, yeah. So, and the fact that Wes Craven had done New Nightmare, which is so meta. I always just presumed that Wes Craven was kind of toying with the notion of writing a really self self referential. They write it together, though. No? no, he's not even a co writer. Okay. No, so obviously he just liked maybe they collaborated and said, "Okay, I'm thinking of this," and then somebody else went. And perhaps, wrote it. perhaps. So this, so Wes Craven, but he was like, "What a perfect director." For oh, this series, yeah. like he, he, yeah, it's just his bo- they're born to be together. So this uh, slashers at this stage were kind of not the thing that they were. They were kind of dying. 
and this really injected some life into it and he saw the script obviously and he liked it and they began working and what they needed one of the big differences with the with this when they were making it is they didn't want to use total unknowns they wanted to have a cast uh, that had a bit of history behind them and the, one of the first names they got was drew barrymore and drew barrymore did you know she was initially signed on to play sydney Oh, I think I did know that, actually. Yeah, and you can totally see why that would have worked. Um, and Drew Barrymore would have been a big star around then, but for whatever reason, she couldn't commit, so she got the the Janet Lee role. The, the, in it for five minutes. Yeah, in it for five minutes. Everyone sees a big star, thinks, oh, this is going to be the person we're with for the whole film. Holy shit, she's dead. Yeah, and Drew Barrymore is all over the promotion for this film. Like, her face, I think that's her face in the kind of the 1960s style very psycho-esque very psycho it's such a homage yeah and I think there was a thing in the 90s you don't see this anymore when they promote a film where they get like the main actor the poster has the name on the top and then the main actor is in the middle and then the two sides are a little bit behind them and then the other character and they're all like in this triangle thing and Drew Barrymore is like I think pretty much at the front (laughs) and like Nev Campbell's like uh, hello. Uh, hello. <laughs> I work my ass off. <laughs> yeah, but I guess it's meant to be a bit of a bait and switch. But as the series goes on, no, well, the whole thing is a bait and switch. Yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway, so that film, uh, there was some malarkey about they had to kind of convince studio heads it was a comedy rather than a horror to get it made initially. And that film was made, and it's, we'll talk about the story obviously later, but a huge hit. So big that the production for the sequel is pretty much straight away it just dives straight into the sequel a year later isn't it? a year later and all things considered uh scream 2 is pretty slick and doesn't feel that rushed do you like scream 2 yeah i thought scream 2 was a good a good sequel yeah i think it's a good it's not as good as the first kind of but follows how, on well nicely from the first it does yeah it does it, it's kind of like the first film was such a homage to horror films and this became a homage to sequels which i thought was clever and it has the whole and the, the gimmick behind Scream 2 is the events of Scream 1 were obviously a big national story and it was made into a film hilariously the film so like if there was a real film made of if there was like loads of people murdered and they made a film of it like how insensitive to call it stab stab and like <laughs> have it like have it framed as this teen slasher film like, I don't understand though why like the book it's based on a book by Courtney Cox's yeah. character called the Westboro Murders. Yes. What do they call it? That? Uh, the Westboro Murders sounds like this dark, gritty. If it was made into a film, it'd be the type of film that would like get nominated for Oscars, and yeah. it would be a yeah. But I guess the whole point is that Scream is they want to be it wants and they're probably being a bit irreverent as well that these slasher movies are kind of just you know not tasteful or you know Hollywood deals with these things insensitively or whatever. Yeah, maybe, perhaps, perhaps. So Scream Two comes out and the the killer there's two killers again and one of them is laurie metcalf of roseanne and lady bird and that shocked me as a kid i was like oh my god but when you rewatch the film you're like oh yeah obviously it's her (laughs) (laughs) it's so so obvious she's like every time she's like gail i hope nothing falls on you Hello, I'm the new person in town. Yeah, and also Laurie Metcalf being a fairly big name, seeing her in this tankless role, you're like, well, obviously we're going to give her something to do later. And then the other killer is, is, I think, I think they could have done without him. 
it's, it's just a kid in the movie class who's like, oh, movies made me kill. It's stupid. Yeah, who's actually the, I, I can't remember his name now, but he plays the Mickey main villain the character. in Die Hard 3, I think. The one with Justin Long. It's, I mean, I suppose they needed, uh, she wouldn't have been able to do it by herself. Uh, it's so. almost like they were like, well, it's ridiculous to see this little, little this one's not old to her 40, but this little lady <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> jumping I'm getting her. On there. <laughs> I just said she's not that old, she's about 40. <laughs> this little lady running around. Uh, also, Laurie Mech. <laughs> Laura Metcalf looks lady around stabbing people, people. Um, and it is fun well, this like she's like Laura Metcalf like she's got no you know muscle or tone or no slight as anything no um, I, mind I you she is she is terrible. she she's looks terrifying freaking terrifying in that last scene and I very well. I like the whole thing that she's Billy's mom I think that's clever I it's think that was clever I didn't though she was meant to be the one who dragged your man into the van and killed him which yeah. is a bit silly as well yeah one good punch I, I on mean, her you just kind of have to kind of accept it I guess anyway so that's Scream 2 that's Scream 2 that does very well what are we going to do Connor? let's bang another let's one let's make a Scream 3 uh, they wait a bit longer for this yeah, I think this was about yeah a couple a little bit year longer, and in this film, oh, and and sorry, in Scream Two they got rid of Randy, which was a bit of a shock. Well, he's yeah, he's kind of back for a short scene. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Scream Three. So the gimmick with Scream Three is well, there's a few gimmicks. The, the, so the events of Scream Two happen, and then Stab is like, "Woo, let's make a Stab Two and then that's a hit obviously in this universe so then they start making a stab three which is fictional and then a killer starts picking off almost copying copying the script copying yeah. yeah copying the script and this is when scream turns into scooby-doo it turns a bit ridiculous it's, yeah and what i mean okay courtney cox she, she's a nice looking lady connor what the hell is her hair like? What this? did she do to piss know. off? She did something to piss off her hairdresser. <laughs> the, hair, the hair people, she must have told them they were fucking bitches or something. And they said, right, you like, They were just like, she was like, can you just take a little minute off the fringe? And they just kept on getting higher. Maybe she had to have a certain hair for a different role or I something. I was or. wondering, was it a wig? But why would they why put they that wig on her? Like, she had lovely hair in the first one. She had amazing hair. Well, oh, I think in the, the second one, the se- she looks. Courtney Cox Chris is on fire in stuff. the second yeah. one. She looks so good. She looks good in the first one too. Very dated, but, um, but she is, she is fighting her hair that entire film. Maybe she had to grow that long so in Friends she could have those corn roll things that she. Got <laughs> <in her hair>. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> it would have been around that time. One of the gimmicks around. Scream 3, which I think is terrible, is the killer can imitate voices. And so, like, he can call you and make you think that you're You're your friend. But that's just... It's stupid. And he even imitates Sidney's... I was kind of thinking maybe he could phone you and record your voice and and he could then imitate it. But then he was, like, imitating Sidney's mom. I don't know what the whole mom thing was, like, turning up as a ghost in her dreams. Yeah, and they they should have just made the killer be an actor because everybody else is is an actor and he could have just been a really good ventral person who could imitate voices. That would have been... That's a bit mumbo-jumbo shite, but, like, who cares at the same time? Ah, but it is kind of grounded in realism. And then that killer, he takes off the mask and you're like... director. Who? Who? Oh, it's the director. He was wearing glasses before. Mm. And then Sydney is like, who? Because she hasn't even met him. 
They do do a good bait and switch where he looks, he is in theory dead. When Gail feels his pulse. I don't think she feels she, she, she opens the and she, she reaches in touches his wrist and is like oh, but then your one comes out and scares her she so. absolutely touches his pulse my my only thing is that maybe there was meant to be like a fake dead body in there and you could just see his head and she like touched but you know when you're touching a hand to when you're touching a mannequin I don't, I don't know it's, she absolutely touches his pulse watch that scene again that film what was his story again? Why he was, he? was so it, it's. I actually don't mind the backstory. It turns out that he is Sydney's mother's first uh, child. Right. So and she abandons him. Yes. So that film is kind of Sydney's int- mother really is not the nicest person. Well, I have thoughts on her that might come later with my thesis. So Sydney's mother. So the actually one of the more interesting things about Screen Three is it kind of deals with. Uh, the Me Too, Harvey Weinstein esque yeah, of, of Hollywood. Kind of Ironically, bit, yeah. uh, um, although back then it was still all gone. Well, Harvey Weinstein was an executive producer in this film, so. <laughs> but it does kind of touch on that, but it doesn't delve it deep. Touches on it, but it also says, oh, you know, they were talking about the seventies. Oh, it was a different time. I'm sure that doesn't happen anymore. <laughs> kind of thing. Yeah. So yeah, so he is a product of her probable rape. To be honest, she he 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 tracks her down. And she rejects him, and then so it then is implied that no, it's said outright that he actually convinced Billy in the first film and Stu to actually do the kill the the murders. So he was kind of the puppet master behind the whole thing, and then Sydney, because Sydney had the life that he always wanted and whatever. So um, yeah, yeah. And then that's Screen Three. And then about ten years later, yeah. We get Scream, get Scream 4, 4, which I think is pretty good. It was decent. It yeah. was fun. I think yeah. Nev Campbell in that is great. I think she's really matured He's, as an actress. She's matured, but also, yeah, well, she's also learned some kick-ass karate. As she well. is. <laughs> yeah, she's great. Yeah, yeah. And she has this motherly she's thing. Got, she's kind of, she's still scared, but much more confident as well. Yeah, she's also like, she's also like, I've done this three times before. This is the killer's first time. <laughs> bring it on a bit and there's no real gimmick to that I guess the gimmick is like it's now in the new world where everything is recorded and the killer is recording all the kills all going up online yeah kind of reality TV and the killer and I, I, my fear with this film is because they quite obviously have this new cast and everybody has a a shadow from the first film so there's the Sydney character who's Jill and then there's the Randy character who's the Macaulay Colgan's brother and then there's the boyfriend and then there's yeah. there's all like oh, so my fear was like oh god are they going to kill off Nev Campbell and then this is going to take the franchise further because I don't want to watch a screen film without Nev Campbell um, but no and I thought that the, the fact the killer actually was he nearly does kill her off at the yeah end. and I, you cut there's a bit where you're like so the killer turns out to be jill her niece who who was jealous of all the, fame the attention and, and the fame and an interesting and put an interesting comment on like the insta- culkin kevin culkin yeah her boyfriend who her then boyfriend. she then kills but i thought that was an interesting kind of observation on you know instagram fame and people now being on reality shows and being famous for just being famous and, and you know, i thought that was an interesting thing but then of course sydney prevails and yeah, the last scene is good when you think it's over but then they're actually yeah, in the hospital yeah and yeah, yeah. Too and... and there was also a tv show 
um, that I watched, but it has nothing. It's still going, isn't it? I think it, it is actually. Yeah, but it's just called Scream. It's just. I was thinking of watching it. Should I? No. I watched two seasons. It would be rare for me to watch a show without you, and I watched it the whole way through, and uh, that's a good sign. But when I I don't remember anything about it. I enjoyed it for the time. My thing with this franchise, maybe I'll say, maybe I'll talk at the fran- as the franchise as a whole at the end because I have thoughts on the franchise as a whole. But I think it'll be better if we cover the screen one first in detail before I do that. Okay, let's go into our two minutes and forty seconds, which you can. Okay, so you yes. Have your um, to do it. Uh, oh, just before we do that, they've just announced the screen five. They have, but there's no information on it. And uh, uh, yeah, is there? Dewey has signed up. Uh, David Arquette. Arquette. Um, right. Nev Campbell hasn't yet, and Courtney oh, Cox. On IMDb, she's she's listed. Oh, well, maybe she has signed up. Then it's all this is happening. All happened in the last few days, and but it'll be the, the Scream is the only slasher franchise that has been directed by the same director for every Wes single Wes film. Is dead now. And where poor Wes Craven is dead now. So that's it's not gonna hold on to that title for very long. Um so I'll be curious to see. I don't think there needs to be a new one, but with the original cast I'll be happy to I wonder if Courtney Cox. I, yeah, again I, I had just heard about David Duchovny. So I mean she has to, right? I don't want to see a screen for them without the three main stars. Was she in the fourth one? Of course she was. Yeah, she's like got writer's oh, block. Yeah, 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 of course, yeah. Yeah, yeah of course she is. I actually I think... Raquette and herself, they hadn't quite split at that point. No, they? Yeah, they have since. But I actually thought it would have been brave for them to kill Gail. When she, she gets stabbed about halfway through and she's not really in the rest of the film. So it would have been brave of them to kill and kind of raise the stakes and say, oh, no, anyone can die. But again, do you want to see a, a Scream movie without Gail Weathers? Well, if she was killed, at least that's her character gone. I don't want to see a Scream 5 where they just say, oh, Gail's gone to Hawaii. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but we are still this movie. Yeah, essentially. Because if she's killed, at least we have the character had a proper send-off. Okay. So you could say the same about Nev Campbell, but you don't want to see a, movie, a Scream movie without Nev Campbell. Well, Nev Campbell's the main character. You could... In there are three mains, really, David Arquette, mm, Nev Campbell. No, no, no. Sydney's the main, and they're strong supporting. Though I, you could argue in Scream 3... In Scream 3... It is, is essentially more. Gale and Dewey. That uh, awful music. Wow, that's in the second one. In the second Ridiculous. one, they get this Twin Peaks music. Every time Gale and bow, Dewey wow, turn wow, up together, wow. they're like... Bow, wow, wow, wow. Yeah, well... All right. It's a different time. Okay, so... 2.40 on the clock. You ready? Start the timer. Yet? Okay. So, uh, we open up with a girl called Ka- uh, Casey, played by Drew Barrymore. She gets a phone call, and at first, the phone call guy's kind of flirting, and they have a bit of chemistry, but then he starts to get ag- aggressive, and he then reveals that he is outside the house, and he wants to kill her, and she gets all upset. And then he reveals he has her, she has her boyfriend tied outside and she has to answer her horror movie uh, trivia and if she gets to answer wrong, he'll kill her and she does and he kills her boyfriend and then he chases after her and murders her while she's on the phone and her parents hear her die. And it's a very graphic, fantastic scene that we will no doubt go into more detail in a minute. But then she got, yeah, that's fine. And then uh, the next day we meet this girl called Sydney 
and Sydney's the sad girl and she has a boyfriend and a dad and her dad's going away and you find out that her mother died one year ago tomorrow and was murdered and apparently the guy in jail was her lover but he denies he did anything but her testimony put him, put him in jail anyway um, as uh, she's in school and they're all upset about this killer that's going around and um uh, that night, she gets a phone call from someone who's like, oh, well, uh, do you like scary movies? <laughs> and she's like, oh, who are you? And she picks her nose for some reason. And uh, then he comes out and he tries to attack her. I don't know if he wants to kill her, but whatever. And then she runs away. And then her boyfriend is in her room. And he's like, what's wrong, Sydney? And then her phone falls on the ground. And she's like, you're the killer. And uh, he's arrested. And she goes to stay with her best friend and uh, her best friend's brother, who's a policeman. And then she gets a phone call when she's in the house. So she's like, what? And anyway, then there's a few more people killed. And... Um, and there's a big world, not worldwide curfew, a curfew of the village. And what happens when you have a curfew of the village? Let's have a big house party. Let's have a big house party. And on the anniversary of her mother's death when her father's away. Sure, sounds good. So she goes with her best friend, her best friend's boyfriend, her movie trivia friend, but her boyfriend is not invited. And um, uh, her, her, her girlfriend, her best friend, goes to get beer and then is attacked by the killer and is squished in the doggy door in the calf flap and then she has sex with her boyfriend he's convinced her he's innocent and then she's like hang on who what uh, what phone call did you make and then he goes all psycho and is like oh what do i have to do to convince you i'm not a killer and then the killer's behind him and he gets stabbed and then the killer chases her for a little while oh by the way there's also a journalist called gail weathers and she's <laughs> sneaking so cameras good. in the house and then she crashes her van and then they all rendezvous in the house and the killer is her boyfriend who turns out he killed her mother and his best friend is in on it but then she runs away and then she stabs him with an umbrella and then she's like oh and that's the end jesus that was a mishmash all over the place well, really well, i got most of it in oh there's a character called dewey as well yeah <laughs> jesus you, you went no i said dewey hard on the first three minutes the first scene with Drew Barrymore I'm getting deja vu every time I do an intro this is exactly what you say that's me formula and it works um yeah so in the last scene and then you go oh yeah by the way there's Gail Matters who's put cameras around the place well that just goes to show you when you when you if you can't mention if you if you say the plot of a film and you don't have to mention the character maybe the character's unnecessary Oh, I don't agree with that. Get where this is very essential. Let's go character by character. We do Drew Barrymore first. Drew Barrymore, jeez, not okay. Well, it's not the character so much as the scene. I think that scene, scene is, deserves. Uh, the scene is. We're going to use this word again. Iconic. Iconic. It, it is, is iconic. iconic the f- it's possibly one of the greatest openings to a slasher. I think. Yes, and this. I don't want to. We've already talked about the sequels, but none of the sequels even come within a hair of it like, well, the within a mile of it the, I should say by the time you get to the third one where, the, where it's a, a movie and a movie and that's a movie, the fourth one or the fourth one I'm just I, I remember watching that and going oh I don't I know I think that's probably like that's probably my favourite of the other films the cinema one is boring the cotton weary one is stupid no. well I suppose the cotton weary one was just getting him out of the way well at least they used a character that was established but there was no there was no thrill in that scene the second one doesn't even use the phone call which I think is the iconic thing the whole idea of getting a phone call because when you're on the phone with someone it's quite an intimate experience really would you call it intimate? I don't yeah, know about that I would I've never felt that okay and she's um, Casey is 
she's kind of enjoying it. Like she denies having a boyfriend. Yeah, she cheat. Well, she phone cheats on her boyfriend. Mm. She says no. She um, forsaketh her boyfriend. Yeah, Drew Barrymore. I'm I'm kind of conflicted as to whether I think she's a great actress in general. Like a lot of her films are. She, Never Charlie's Angels. I think E.T. might be her best role. I'm not being. Uh, she had a, a small role in Donnie Darko. She was okay in Donnie Darko. She was good in um, Grey Gardens. I never saw that. Yeah, she's good in that. But I think for the, I think she's excellent in this. She's I think she plays this very really, well. Really, really, you're really good, and she's charming, and she doesn't do anything stupid. You know, a, a, a lot of uh, she's she, she's fairly. I guess she stops running when she sees her parents' car. Uh, no, she starts running when she sees the parents' car. She's she, no, she she's running and then she sees it and then she stops she and that's when he runs out and attacks her from the the porch no, window. No, she gets outside. She sees him coming inside. She gets uh, she gets outside mm. and is keeping low. And then you—it's the first time you see the ghost face mask, and she sees her parents' car pulling up, coming up the driveway, pulling up, and she starts running towards him. And then he jumps out the window at her. She stops before he jumps and charges on her. She stops for a good three seconds. Why would you do that? Well, that's my point. <laughs> I, I, mean, I thought he jumped out. No, jumped she does. Out the she glass does. at her and look back. Look, look back. All right. <laughs> you always think you're right. You always think you're right. I am. Well, I usually am. <laughs> for these things, now Henry the Eighth. Uh, for these things, you just complimented my memory. For these things, you know I'm pretty good for things like this. We're we're happy to a film, and you're like, oh, I've seen this before. <laughs> I know that's because I take out my just, parents. Yeah. Uh, anyway, no, it's very visceral, and he has her. Like when you see her hanging in a tree, and well, now. One of the problems I had with the scene was, so he he grabs her, puts the hand over the mouth so she can't scream, stabs her. Fine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, Connor. Well, you know. The parents go in, realize something's up and their daughter's not there and they start freaking out. Yeah. The mother, you see Drew Barrymore being pulled off through the grass. The mother picks up the phone and can hear her. Very and clever. By the time, very urban legend. Very, very clever. By the time they go outside, he's managed to rope her up, string her up on a tree, cut her belly, and her guts have fallen out. Yeah, well. In about three, um, three, three Well, I, I, I feel like that's the two of them. I feel like they, that's, they work, that's Billy Ann's two. Oh, you think they're both there? Yeah, I know that Billy says I was with Tatum last night, um, but implying that it was just sorry, Stu. So yeah, so we better yeah, we we know the killers. By the way, I don't think we've said that the killers turn out to be Billy and Stu, who are Neb Campbell's, Neb Campbell's boyfriend and, and his best friend, yeah. her best friend's boyfriend. But and that and funny, sorry, I know we're jumping. It's just that it's uh, that in itself back then was a twist that it was two killers. That was a big shock. Yeah, that was. That, that was, was and it's almost we know it so well now that, yeah. that yeah, but that was a big shock back then. But anyway, so I think it makes a bit more sense that the two of them are doing it, and they kind of hoofed her up there. But yeah, I know what you mean. It is. It's a bit of a suspension of disbelief. I do think that scene very scary. But when the mother starts crying and the music comes in, and it's not dramatic. It's it's like sad music. It you feel you really feel 
oh this is terrible oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. and that's not you a lot of the time when someone's getting stabbed in a film it's more like a roller coaster it's not that emotional i really felt sad when casey died like it was horrific and she suffered and i think a lot of slasher movies maybe there might be a monster or some you know big bad which is a bit maybe a bit supernatural or something which kind this of is just murder but this is just um home invasion murder yeah yeah and and, and sadistic happen, like, so and they are toying with her first and yeah, yeah. It's just, yeah it's horrible yeah yeah you know no it's it's a it's a pretty epic scene uh, yeah yeah there you go there you are <laughs> through Barrymore we could probably spend hours three, three minutes in a movie on the front of the poster well yeah, done I probably got paid at least the same as Nev Campbell you reckon yeah just, we should look that up how much did yeah. they both get I don't know if that would even be public but I'd say so yeah because Nev Campbell we'll probably leave her towards the end but Nev Campbell at this stage wasn't but was Drew Barrymore that big back then oh huge she was a real ingenue uh, at this stage she had made Mad Love she had been in Batman Forever she had been E.T. I mean that was a good few years before um, she had been a child star and who had grown up and this would have been yeah so she would have been a big hit yeah definitely definitely uh, mind you Nev Campbell was she was in that show Party of Five and the year before this, she had been in the craft. So she was, and that was a big hit. Yeah. So, like, she wasn't a complete unknown. This was her first leading role. Uh, interestingly, though, Sarah Michelle Gellar in the second one would have been a big coup. And she yeah, was she killed off been. pretty quick. Yeah, she was a mid buffer. Yeah, that would have been a big coup. She signed on to Scream 2 without even reading the script. I'm just, I'm just comparing Drew Barrymore's. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like there's, I mean, they're even got the same name. The character. I mean, in Scream Two, the killer is killing people with the same names, and Sarah Michelle Gellar yeah, is called Cece, which Cece, is short yeah, for yeah. Casey. Yeah. So yeah, you're right. They would have been both ingenue Hollywood ingenues who, who would have been at the early rise of their career, the cusp, cusp the cusp of, of a ways. And Scream is trying to ride on that. Sarah Michelle Gellar's scene in Scream 2 has, can't hold a candle to Drew Barrymore's in Scream No, one. it's not as emotional. It's a good death, but it's not as emotional. It's okay. And I, we've talked about Sarah Michelle Gellar. I'm not a big fan, but anyway. You, you don't know. even think she's... You're not a fan of her as an actor? Not massively, no. Oh my goodness. Anyway. Sarah Michelle Gellar's a wonderful actress and we'll have to have a film of hers to truly dissect that. I've seen... I've, I don't think she's... I think she's good. Like, she's she's, you know... She was good and stuff, but I don't think she's a fantastic actress. No. Um, uh, if you see the episode of Buffy where she swaps bodies with Eliza Dushku, you, you can always refer to this one because Eliza it, Dushku can't do her and she can do her, and it, isn't she great? And yeah, yeah okay. she's great. Uh, okay, so let's just lightning go through uh, a few of the smaller characters. Uh, so Rose McGowan playing Tatum, her best buddy. She's like the the other girl death essentially in this film. And and it's a that's a pretty iconic death too. Yeah, I really like her actually. I think she's really funny. Yeah, she's like good. She, I really like her relationship with Dewey. Oh, her and her and Dewey are fantastic. Yeah, her, yeah. Dewey Dewey is the uh, the police officer, a new fresh out of the academy but a police yeah. officer in the town, and this is her sister. What does she say? They go to the police station and she's like, "We're going now, doofus," or something. No, she well, so Tatum, so yeah, so Tatum. When Sydney is arrested, not arrested. When Sydney's in in the 
the police station the Dwayne is there do, do we want them to want to ask ask her more questions and Tatum was like no I'm taking her home and normally like in a normal situation you just said when I wear the uniform yeah she's not respecting him because law. she's like he's like no she has to stay here and she's like fuck off yeah. and uh, he's come on yeah it's, it's a nice little dynamic they have hopping around a little bit here but the character of Dewey was originally written as more of a kind of a beefcakey typical good looking stud kind of guy <laughs> then they got David Arquette no I mean David, I, I, uh, David Arquette could, could play that I think but he read the role and he thought that he could interpret it a bit differently and I think that I think that paid off and I think it's a much more interesting character having Dewey as this kind of awkward policeman but I reckon when he started changing that himself and Tatum probably workshopped a little bit like because yeah, so. that, that, that's the type of thing that mightn't be in the script he's just like right this is a scene where we can the two of us can can milk that. I do find I do find his character particularly in the second one uh, gets a bit annoying We'll, we'll, we'll talk about doing because he's we he he needs his own section but Tatum yeah no she's good I, I know what you mean that's probably the mo- the strongest part is when she is with David Arquette as uh, apart from that she does the she, role she just has a very she has one of the more famous uh, deaths where she's trying to get out the cat box yeah she's not a bit garage and she stuck. she never really takes the whole thing seriously. No, and not even when the killer's in the room with her, she's kind of no. She's until he has to actually. He, it's kind of funny. The killer wants a chase. He doesn't just want to kill her. So to prove that he's serious, he cuts her arm. That's the only way he can get her to <laughs> to panic a bit. And then she she does actually pretty well against the killer. Yeah, she young. does actually. I, like some of the scenes, some of the some of the ways she, uh, you know. She she runs past the fridge, opens the door, and he just runs into it. I mean, I think that's one of the things about this franchise is the killer is constantly falling over and getting hurt. Um, I mean, I don't know how they don't have black eyes. That would have been a little interesting clue if so. If you saw one of them with a black eye, maybe it would have been too obvious. I do think the death is very easy to parody. I mean, it was famously parodied in Scary Movie. A lot of the things were. Uh, Yeah, I mean, (laughs) actually, yeah. Do you think the garage death? Does it work? Um, I mean, it wouldn't work in real life. That's obvious. But that's fine. A, it's an interesting, uh, different. Yeah, I guess it is different. Uh, that, as these films go on, the deaths get quite boring. Like I think every death in Screen Three is just some the killer running behind someone and stabbing them. Stabbing there's them. no nothing. There's one in the, the there's one in the in the room. Uh, in four, which is that's very, very visceral. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's probably a part. But I can't remember any other death in four apart from that. Everyone else just gets stabbed in the belly or stabbed in the back. Same with Scream Two, apart from Sarah Michelle Gellar. But even that's not that interesting. So at least the cat door is interesting. Though poor Tatum, she dies and no one even notices she's gone. Yeah, <laughs> including her best friend. Well, she just probably thinks she's off with her boyfriend. Well, her boyfriend is there. <laughs> her boyfriend is one of the killers. No, but her boyfriend is still is there, like for the whole or for the whole party. So he's not he's, clearly she's not with him. I don't know. Well, whatever. He asked her to go and get her a beer. <laughs> she just disappears. Uh, he has a throwaway line saying, "Oh, she must have gotten tired of my bullshit and went home." Do you think he killed her? By the way, that's an interesting. No, I think it was Billy. Oh yeah. As he still he says to her, "Will you go and get me a beer?" She goes out to get him a beer, and uh, she gets murdered. And then Billy comes around the door. Right. Okay. Door. Yeah. Okay. 
Rose McGowan, who plays Tatum, did you know that she was instrumental in the whole what Harvey Weinstein court case? Oh, I, I wouldn't have thought about it, but now that yeah, it, she was. Um, she she was raped by him, and oh God. Uh, she was on the set of this. No, I, I don't know. That, I don't know. I haven't. She, she remember there was that article that really brought this whole thing to the forefront. Yeah. She was one of the main uh, instigators she, of that whole thing, and uh, she's become a real activist for that whole thing. So watching this film now, and we we know this film was produced by Harvey Weinstein it does kind of give you a little bit of a icky feeling so another uh, character slash actor that we could talk about is Henry Winkler who plays the principal the fans yeah Mm. the principal I actually quite like his character in this I think he's kind of funny he's a bit weird his hand is on Sidney's chin too long I think though not necessarily in a creepy way She's obviously a year ago gone through a very rough time and now this is happening again and he seems quite protective of her in that situation. Oh, he's so angry at the pranksters wearing the masks. Well, no, I mean, he's quite... Uh, when, oh, just when, then the police, when, the when the police are questioning. Yeah, her, yeah. He, I think he's quite protective of her. And then again, when these guys run through the school with uh, ghost face masks, he's... Yeah. them, which is the right. Oh yeah, and I, I like, I love how angry he is. I think that's great. But do you know in Nightmare Before <laughs> Nightmare on Elm Street, Lynn Shay's character just gently puts puts her hands on Nancy's shoulder. Yeah, I think that's a better. I think that that's a better way of just uh, kind of being demonstrative to a student. A more he just put his hands on her on face, her chin, yeah. and and I think he could have. I don't know the thing about these films is because they're essentially murder mysteries the the directors want you to constantly be thinking oh, maybe that's a killer maybe that's yeah, a killer yeah, yeah, yeah. so if everybody has a little I do think that was intentionally a little bit sleazy possibly yeah. so, not even sleazy but intentionally meant us to kind of go have a bit of a no feeling towards him so that we can kind of go maybe he's the killer but yeah no, he, yeah, his death wasn't in, in the initial script but the when they were kind of reviewing it they noticed that there hadn't been a death in a crazy amount of time so they thought they'd have one around that point and then when they wrote that in his death doesn't make necessarily make a whole lot of sense no I mean it doesn't he didn't need to die he doesn't need to die no, he's a the pro- killer doesn't need to do that no no but I guess I guess you could say that he was like a lot of kids hate their teachers and if they're killing people they might as well up the body count by killing their principal well I think the point of it at the, in the end is that uh, they kill him they tie him to the football post or something and then they get wind of it at the party and then they all leave to go well, see I mean, yeah but how could the killers possibly know that was well, going to draw him? but that apparently when they wrote his death in there was a bit of a problem well how are we going to get all these kids to leave the party and by including that it gave them the perfect opportunity to a bunch of arsehole kids I know I, yeah yeah Our terrible has been gutted and tied up in the in the football park let's go see yeah but yeah that's it he plays the part perfectly well that's fine. he's, he's fine he's fine he's fine this is interesting because we have our three mains Gail Dewey and uh, Sydney, and then we also have our two killers oh we, and Randy we have to talk about Randy's a really good character you kind of don't see him much anymore no he's like 50 now I mean, yeah, um, he was probably around late twenties when he did this. Jamie O'Brien, I think Jamie his name. Jamie O'Brien, yeah, you don't really see him. Yeah, he was an, he was one of the few unknowns. This film celebrates the meta 
of everything and randy it's, is the it's audience an, it's an ode to the to the horror movie yes ode to the- but yeah randy is a very important character for the whole for this whole franchise because he's the one who tells us the rules which is why it's so interesting they chose to kill him in scream 2 because and then they had to they came up with this bullshit reason to squeeze him into scream 3 and in scream 4 they have a new character who does that? Who does that? They, they have a whole film club. Yeah, but like he establishes the rules that we all know, but we instinctively when, know it, but we wouldn't be able to articulate them exactly. Later. So that the virgin lives. Excuse me. If you do drink or drugs, you uh-huh. die. Except in Halloween, which they're watching. I mean, I guess no film follows the rules explicitly, but generally speaking, if you do X, Y, and Z, you have a higher percentage of things, and then. If you say I'll be right back, yeah. you won't be right back. Yeah, yeah. So, so Randy, yeah. So he establishes all that. Also, it's hard, so hard to imagine watching this film, not knowing who the killers are. But I imagine a lot of people thought he was a killer. Thought Randy was a killer. Yeah, because Why? Billy is so obvious. Yeah, as is Stu, to be honest. So Randy seems a bit sweeter. Um. So you just, mean the audience when watching it? Yeah. Uh. Oh no, I don't know. I think I think when you well maybe they did, but when you watch it, actually, he does have a genuineness about him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's uh, very sweet. And when, he's in love with Sydney. When uh, when when they're in the the movie store that he works at, you know, and he, he's he's saying, oh well, maybe it's Billy, and Billy's there, and they get into a bit of a a scuffle or a bit of they exchange words. <laughs> he's <laughs> he's very he's very meek and he's very genuine. Yeah, yeah. But that often they, could be the killer like you know like the yeah but when you again that's another scene in the video store when you watch that again you're like how did we not know it was billy and Stu? Yeah, like yeah, they yeah. basically tag team him and they're like we're gonna kill you in a day yeah. or two probably tonight yeah yeah can't wait but you know then that it's not randy because he's he's watching movies when other people are getting killed that's like. true that's true yeah 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 so that's randy so then we have our three mains and our killers gale Gale. Gale in these in these films is the only character who doesn't fit the archetype in that you typically see in other horror films. She and if you do see her in other horror films, she is absolutely killed straight away. Like she is not a nice person. It's not, she's not. Yeah, she. Her character is not somebody you would expect to have survived all these. No, like do you know in Scream Four? Maybe the first two, but like. No, I think um, I think if you see this film, you think when you see a horror film and you see a character who's outwardly being a bitch, like when we first see Gail. So, Gail believed. So okay, we have Nev Campbell's character Sydney, whose mother died a year ago, and there was a guy arrested, and Cotton Weary. Cotton Weary uh, and uh, Gail Weathers has always championed him and believes he's innocent. And Sydney was the key witness to put him in jail. And he's actually on death row, which is pretty yes. grim. But And Gail Weathers has written a book about it, which has all come out very fast. A court case and a book within 12 months is all very yeah. fast, isn't it? A very unflattering book towards, uh, towards Sydney. Sydney. Like, she's quite... Uh, she's, she's as sharp as a whip, the character of Gail. Like, she obviously... And she, she was right... She was yeah, right. Yeah, the whole she thing. Was right in the end, yeah. But she's and she's when when she's talking just to Sydney about that, Sydney says, "Oh, and has this story changed ever?" And she's like, "Not a not word one word." I mean, and she's dead sure, like, and she's, dead sure. I mean, you have to also. I mean, Gail is in her thirties, while Sydney is seventeen. So it's like, there's a difference yeah. there. But like, she has no sensitivity towards Sydney after 
Sydney was attacked. She goes up straight up to her. She in the second one, she's excited about the. Oh, in this one, she's excited. She's like, oh, hopefully it'll be a serial killer. Uh, She is building the blocks of a character that is going to get a death. But she's she ultimately is a character which grows probably the most out of the in the franchise. Does she grow? I guess she's very sweet with Dewey. In in the first movie. Mm-hmm. She has a definite arc. She she starts. She always starts from point X. Yeah, that's right. And she then, starts her arc all over again. <laughs> yeah, and then grows in a certain direction, more so than Sydney. I mean, yeah, Sydney she probably does, does have more arc, of an arc. I, f- I do feel Scream Two is where Gail really has her biggest role. arc, yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's where her romance. I mean, her romance with Dewey in this is just a little snog. Yeah. This, it's quite this sweet. Is a, this is the blossoming of their romance. Yeah, it's quite sweet, but it, it, it you, they fall in love in Scream too. I think you could say. I kind of feel that they kind of envisaged that this was going to go on for a while because they otherwise they would have had it. Them they would have had it. Yeah, 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 yeah. But no, I, 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 because of all that, because because she does survive and because she has an arc, I therefore find her a very interesting character, and I think Courtney Cox obviously she's one of the most recognizable faces on television like friends is one of the biggest tv shows of ever of all time and she was one of the cast and monica personally isn't a isn't a character it's probably my my least favorite friend and that's not anything bad about her i just i don't know about that i think monica has some great parts oh they, they all do they all do but she's she's she she shows her diversity well them. that's it because I don't see Monica when I'm watching no, this. No, no, I don't no. see. You see Gail I don't see a glimpse of Monica. You, you pointed out in the third one, she has an argument with Dewey in the third one, and there's some Monica isms coming yeah, in there, yeah. but that film is pretty badly written. So she but, probably just fell back into her kind of yeah, comfort zone. But at the same t- well, at the same time, you know, those bits that are probably Monica are probably bits that are Courtney Cox. Well, of course, yeah. yeah. But when she, in this film, I Gay Weathers is is night and day to to Monica and she they did the studio didn't think she could do this role they thought no man you're a nice girl you're the girl next door and she was like I really f-, she felt very strongly that she could do this and uh, and she's she's fantastic in Which it obvious, yeah. and that goes on and she's uh, as the films go on she's she's really watchable and really likable and I got the silliest slasher name ever yeah she has this kind of corny Gale that Weathers. and and, and they, they acknowledge that though yeah. Yeah, and they, uh, they 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 put her in some pretty naff outfit. I mean, she's wearing like a banana yellow dress suit in this. But that's like this is is it? Did they ever state what what state this is in? I feel like it's Ohio. I could be wrong. Maybe um, that's where Halloween is. Sure, if they say the state. But do you know, like when you see, because obviously we're in Ireland. We only really see the we we're in Ireland, so we only see the reports from the reporters from like CNN and Fox but like if you, if you ever sometimes see these these kind of middle american newscasters that go viral like they are they are dressed like uh, weathers like oh, they're yeah, yeah, yeah. she that's exactly that's yeah yeah and it probably is the case where you just have these vans of people just turning up and there's like rows of these reporters oh yeah you know, yeah absolutely incredible. it's a different where you don't really get that here to, not to the same extent anyway it was just RTE turning up <laughs> another thing is do you know that the final scene the final um uh set with the, the house party so so okay so uh, 
First of all, I don't know why Dewey isn't arresting all these underage drinkers. Dewey turns up and is encouraging the He's drinking. like he's going like, around the party, yeah. He's like, oh, you shouldn't be drinking. I know I'm only joking. Have a good night. Yeah, yeah. On curfew night. In fairness, though, he's with Gail and he's trying to impress Yes, Gale that's true. That's true. He's totally showing off his authority. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and another thing I was thinking is if I was in a little town and one of my, two of my classmates had been murdered. murdered one of my classmates had been attacked and that person was at this party on the anniversary of her mother's death and a very very well known murder reporter pulls up her van outside the party <laughs> <laughs> I'd be like I think I I'm gonna go, go home I think I'm gonna yeah, well, yeah. Knackered, I think I'll just go yeah. to be honest if I, I don't at this point, I know the killer's out for me. If you're gay, if you're Sydney, if you're Sydney, so you want to be around people. Well, yeah, but hold on. I want to be. I, I know the killer's out for me. Mm-hmm. I want to be around people. I want to be somewhere safe, and I would not be going to this party. And I would be going to Dewey's house probably, mm-hmm. and sitting in the bedroom with Dewey and my best friend, whatever name, Tatum. Tatum. Um, I guess yeah. her father was. I can. Yeah, I mean, this is kind of going into Sydney's character, but I suppose her father's away. Yeah. Her best friend is kind of like, "Come on, we go to the party. You'll be around people. It'll take your mind off things." And she's yeah. also thinking, "Well, I'll be around lots of people." And Dewey is also could potentially be murdering people. And also, Dewey has agreed to chaperone. Chaperone. I mean, I don't know how comfortable I'd be with Dewey <laughs> chaperoning yeah. me. But yeah. Actually, he ends up... Yeah, he's pretty him. incompetent. But uh, another thing I really like about Gail... I feel bad for Gail's uh, cameraman who gets horribly slashed. I do think that's a very clever it, it, uh, horror I'm movie. sorry, Steve, but get the fuck off my She's so horrible to him at the start yeah. as well. I, I think that's a very clever little horror movie. Do you know a lot of horror films have these little setups, like in Paranormal Activity, when they have the he's like, oh, I have this camera that pans, and you're like, oh, I wonder are we going to see a ghost in here? This is a very clever setup that isn't straight away obvious when they say, oh, there's a thirty second delay. So they've set up. So so she's so sneaky. She goes into the party and she sets these little cameras up, which is so grisly. She essentially is like, I want to capture all these murders. That's what she's looking for. Footage, yeah. Oh yeah, like God, she's she's a dirty death. journalist. She's a dirty journalist, but whatever. Well, I mean, I think as well. If and she'd catch the killer. Yeah, yeah. She's yeah, not yeah. there. She said she was like before this. She says, "I just want to catch this fucker." She, you know, she. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, yeah. So, so when they do the setup and the thing, you don't necessarily think straight away, "Oh, that's going to be a a setup for a kill later on but it's very clever because the killer the killer when he's about to kill Randy sees the camera I don't know how he sees the camera no one else does but whatever and then when the cameraman notices that he's seen the camera he turns around and he's like oh shit that was 30 seconds ago I don't think the killer notices the camera he's 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 he comes he comes behind Randy. um, Randy he's about to stab he hears Nev Campbell running out he runs over to the van Oh, was that it? They look at the camera, and he's here with the the knife, and then turns around. Oh, okay, okay. I thought he saw the camera. That makes more sense. But whatever. The point being, they see the killer run out to them, and then they're like, "Oh!" And then they realize they haven't got that thirty. They haven't got that head start they thought they would, which is great. Another thing I really like about Gail, and this is probably my last point about her, 
is and this is something perhaps more the character across the series is so she is never frightened she's never nervous she's so brave the only time she's scared of the killer is when she's in the vicinity of the killer she's very brave in terms of trying to get the story but yeah you're right when she's when she's in the vicinity of the killer or when she sees a dead body she screams the house down i mean that's fair she's getting fright like but like she always will she's never like fuck i need to get you know she's she's, she's pretty calm. and even like when she crashes her van she goes back to the house like i don't know why she gets she she hasn't got the the safety I mean, on the gun in the middle of nowhere they can't she can't do anything she's crashed her i think van. i would just run through the woods i wouldn't go back to the house where the killer i know the killer is something else in the woods to get you no i'd stay in the woods you know what i would do con you climb a tree i'd con. climb a tree that's always my answer <laughs> we move on to dewey yeah um, I do kind of think that Dewey and Gail are kind of a package deal. It's hard to talk about one w- without the other. Uh, I do, and I also like I like that she's probably about six or seven years older than them. Like she, oh, I'd say a little bit more even, yeah. Maybe even ten. Well, he's, oh, he's 25. 24 or 25. 25, and she's at least 31, 32. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think that's they have a nice... The first interaction is kind of nice for the, uh, where she says, you know, oh, in a, in a poll I, I proved, you know, yeah, most, most popular, popular with yeah. 25 and overs. And, I'm uh, oh, sorry, no, 16 to 24s. And he's like, well, I'm 25, but I was 24 for a while. Yeah, whole it's year. good. They've, their chemistry is, is on fire. I mean, they were literally falling in love yeah, uh, before yeah, our yeah. eyes. That's what they met in this actors, film. Yeah, yeah no, I, I do think it was a great choice by David Arquette to make Dewey more a, a bit of a doofus and make him more awkward. I would have thought the character was written that way, but obviously not. No, no, that was, that was his choice to make it take it in that direction and he's sweet and again as the, as the series goes on he's also really brave and his relationship with sydney is lovely she regards him as an older brother yeah i think he's i don't have a whole lot to say i think he's charming and, and sweet and, and, and plays the role well there is a there is a question mark over him in the second one or a question mark put over him in the second one if he's the killer because you know they say oh well, what he's his hand is a bit um yeah. He's got a limp and his hand is, is a bit uh, gnarled because he was stabbed in the first one. And they said, what's that What's that limp about? You were stabbed in the back. And he's like, severed nerve. And it's kind of just puts this kind of question. Well, I didn't think that was a question mark about that. Yeah, no, they, they were, well, the whole thing was that they were talking about um, who could be the killer and all this kind of stuff. And, and your man, Randy, goes, what's the story with oh, you? Why would they think the killer would have a limp? It's... It, it could be something to show him as being weak so you don't suspect him but actually oh, okay I didn't pick it up that way I mean it's kind of cool then that we have a character a main character in the franchise then who has a disability you know with his hand he, and his I limp. don't know if he's still limping by the third maybe, I don't know maybe to a lesser that was a nice choice though obviously that, again I'd say that was a David Arquette choice he's like I'm going to limp I've had a stab in my back I'm going to show the consequences of that I don't know I think that was probably in the script maybe yeah so David Arquette yeah. pretty incompetent police officer yeah but pretty pretty he's, not effective but also like this is this is a little middle American town where probably most of the police work that the police do is catching kids smoking weed and and speeding tickets and stuff they're not used to these big crazy murder sprees you know no i think when you man because it would have turned into a serial killer at some point and um, three separate kills so it became 
a serial killer the night of the party because principal the pri- well that was a second separate kill and it has to be three separate kills so the so unless you're counting Maureen but they don't ever tie those murders so to be a serial killer you have to kill three people separately so if you do a, sp- a spree it doesn't count so Casey and Steve one uh, then the principal is two and then I guess the th- next person Tatum. was Tatum so then that's when he became a serial killer well actually actually as soon as he cut the principal they became a serial killers because they did kill Maureen a year beforehand but I guess the police haven't tied those killers yet and the feds would be involved the FBI get involved yeah in when there's a serial killer yeah so we talk about the killers Dewey and Stu not Dewey sorry Billy Billy and Stu, Billy and Stu. I remember I remember the first time I watched this not not thinking it was them, particularly when Billy gets stabbed in theory and being surprised that it was them. But having watched it now, as you know, again, it's so obvious. It's very obvious. What's his face? So Skeet Ulrich played Billy and he's very given handsome. crazy eyes constantly. Oh, he doesn't like crack a smile. No, he's, he's as, as you know, he's so pretty. <laughs> He's very handsome. He's like a young Johnny Depp. Yeah, he's very, very He's handsome. so, so pretty. And I, bef- I, yeah. I, think, I, think it was, I think it was a very good decision in this to, to sort of implicate him so early. Yes. And yes. to send him to prison and then, you know, have the killer call again, which kind of clears him. He's also such a dick to Sydney. He's like, why can't you just get over your mother's yeah, tragic your death? I just want to bone you. <laughs> he's, he totally guilts her for not wanting to have sex. Yeah, but he did kill his mom. Yeah, I know, I know. I know. So, yeah, okay. He is, uh, the film establishes that he is a dick, yes. 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 And he wants, before he kills her, he wants to have sex with her. Because he wants to, he, he says that her mother is a, a slut because she was sleeping with his father which made her his mother leave yeah and she wants to have sex with her to sort of show that she's a soldier or something. also in a weird twisted way they want to enact out a movie yeah. Yeah. and they can't kill her if she's a virgin yes because yeah. that's then be the rules yeah. uh, so therefore if he pops her cherry then woohoo yeah once Skeet Ulrich reveals himself to be the killer I think he knocks it out of the park and I think he acts that whole scene where he's doing the exposition which can sometimes be a little bit well Mr. Bond why don't you stay there while I tell you my plans but he does it well though I have some other thoughts but gone on, on. I think uh, well I was just going to say Randy they nearly killed Randy but they didn't but he was a virgin you know Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, he's a virgin, so that's why he they, survived. They were about to kill him, though. Now, oh, this this part I don't understand. They have a Sydney. I can totally understand why they want, before they kill her, why they want to tell, to tell her. They want a monologue, They her. want a monologue, because, you know, that's their, you know. And they, why do they stop start stabbing themselves before they kill her? Yeah. That makes no sense. It's like I, and also, why are they? St- why don't they give themselves a few slashes? You don't have to. Doesn't have to be a penetrative knife wound. Just <laughs> slash yourselves a few times. Anyway. Yeah. yeah. Well, they want to make it. I mean, I suppose they want to make it look as if if you saw a couple of slashes or maybe cuts on somebody, 
wouldn't be as impactful as seeing somebody oh he's stabbed it's clearly not him well i mean i mean let's face let's face it there is uh forensic evidence all over uh woodsboro that these lads did i mean are the police not going to be like um oh yeah we're treating your wounds here but we do seem to notice that a lot of your blood is um a corn syrup why 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 would there be corn syrup on over you billy <laughs> these killers are they competent they seem to fall over a lot and they seem to get hit a lot and other that's people fine seem to be. i mean they're and, wearing a mask good because really they are just kids in a mask yeah that, that's fine i think um, that actually makes this film stand out a little bit from your halloween but they have Jason. killed a lot of people and successfully quite successfully and then they totally fuck up right at the end here where they're they are starting to monologue they don't tire her up they don't they just leave her there they start stabbing each other they start yeah. you know they they turn their backs they go over their plan is flawed i mean they also the father is going to have like he's been tied up like when you're tied up like fast like that you're going to have loads of marks on your body for days. yeah yeah yes <sighs> no they're going to get caught but, but that's fine the kids kids get caught I do think even though I think Skeet Ulrich had I didn't think he had much peaks and trots in his performances performance I think uh, Matthew Lillard who plays Stuart I think he is fantastic he is fantastic if not a bit too zany no I think he's kind of frightening like he's so off his rocker and he is that way early like it's not like that suddenly just comes out of nowhere like he's always you know high high energy he has, he has a yeah he has this unhinged manner about him which kind of just says oh he's a really annoying teenager but then actually you realize no he's he's actually a psychopath yeah and like when he's when he's doing his monologue like he's so into it he's dribbling he's like he, that, um, it's a screen baby yeah matthew lillard he was putting himself into that performance do you think he's meant to be in love with billy Oh, I don't know. I would have thought. I think there's a an interpretation of this that he is kind of he's gone along with it because he loves Billy. Not in a kind of a, not even in a sexual way, but just that like he's so into like he just worships Billy and loves him and is all, yeah. I think there's an inter- and then like when when Billy is like all up in Nev's face and. Stu is like kind of behind him and he has a chin on Billy's shoulder there's a little yeah. bit of homoeroticism going. I don't think Billy feels that I think Stuart was a pawn to For Billy but I think Stuart possibly Stuart, I remember in the in the video scene in the video store scene again he comes up behind Randy when Billy's kind of yeah that's uh, kind of a, his go to move yeah and he goes and, and he puts his neck or his, his chin head on his shoulder yeah. or whatever and that's a lovely interaction because he's looking at Billy going, tonight's the night. Yeah, 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 yeah. I uh, know, I think he, and you don't see him in a whole lot. He was in this, he played Shaggy in the Scooby-Doo films. Which, yeah, he um, was also in uh, 13 Ghosts. He's good. I like him. I think, don't really see him as much I think anymore. he deserved better. And I think he's the more interesting of the two killers. And he's the one who dies more. He has the car, the, not the car, the TV, like, smashed on his head. So he's killed yeah. by Halloween. And he's actually... Um, my like, mom and my mom and dad are gonna be, dad are gonna be so annoyed and he's like i think i'm dying here man i'm feeling woozy I'm here feeling woozy. yeah <laughs> like when you think of the other apart from laurie metcalf 
none of the other killers in Scream, the Scream sequels, come close to how unhinged and scary those two are. No, I mean the 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 director not so much, and the the Mickey. niece in the fourth one not at all. She's I do like the niece's scene where she starts smashing. She she's clever. She kills Sydney, or what she thinks she kills Sydney, and then smashes herself that's quite a good scene actually yeah yeah. but no she's not as a she's i mean she we said laurie metcalf didn't seem threatening i mean that actress is about five foot nothing and she weighs about six stone like i'm not (laughs) laurie metcalf at the end is very she is unhinged yeah she's more like um stewart's mother really in terms of the physicality Left. Sydney. Sydney. Main the star. The scream queen. Yeah. Okay. So okay. Of our scream queens that we've had so far. Yeah. We've had Jamie Lee Curtis, yeah. who I think is an incredible actress and probably of the three, the best actress. Best actress overall. Yes. Then we have Nancy in Nightmare on Elm Street, and you know me. You love you. I, I, I have a. Um, a soft spot for Heather Landenkamp and I think they give her a lot more to do than Jamie Curtis gets to do in Halloween she is well I mean over the in the course of in the course of the film yeah in the course of that oh no I'm just talking about the the Laurie versus Nancy not in the first place and and I do think Heather Landenkamp gives it gives her all but I can recognise that as an actress she's limited I think Sydney is a nice balance between the two I think she is her acting to be fair her acting Nev Campbell's is much better actress than Heather Langenkamp. Not quite as good. I'm as not even going to say not quite as good. I know. I don't think. I think Jamie Lee Curtis is generally a better. Actress. Probably, but for the roles that we're talking about, Nev Campbell has a lot more to do in these films oh, yeah. uh, than than Laurie, at least in Halloween one. And yeah, Nev Campbell does the part fantastic. I do find Sydney a little bit joyless and that it's not really Nev's that's just the way the character is written yeah I know what you mean I mean she's had a she's had a rough time of it and she's a bit um, angsty as a she's just a really poor kid I don't feel she wallows in it I don't feel she's like yeah, no, she gets on with her life she's not feeling sorry for herself and I just like there's little we had a landing camp in Nightmare on Elm Street there's little there's, a, there's more little more spunk there and I think Nev Campbell gets that in the later ones, certainly Scream 2, and in Scream, but by Scream 4. Oh my god, she's just. This. She's just, she's just like, when it happens again, she's just like, oh, oh no, no, stop it! Oh. Well, at this stage, she's learned a bit of karate. She can yeah. kick, she's kicking the crap out of the. the she's a, she, uh, Sydney is really competent. In this one, though, like when she's first contacted by the killer, she goes outside and she picks her nose, it's like, "Hey, what am I doing? What am I doing?" Yeah, you know, and she does. You think that's foolish? I well, feel like she's I, like not I being th- bullied. What I liked by them. about that scene is that she says they're talking about scary movies, and it's like, and she says, "Oh, I'm not going to be another one who." Um, you know, a silly blonde who runs up the stairs when she should run out the front door and all this kind of stuff. Goes back into the house and the killer's obviously in the house and he chases her around and she goes to the front door, which she's locked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, then yeah. she has to run upstairs because she can't get it unlocked. Yeah, yeah, it is good. It nice. is good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but as, but as a character, there's very, there's nothing she does in this film that you're like, why are you doing that? Like when we say about Jamie Lee Curtis showing her back and after oh, she stabs yeah, yeah, him, yeah. there's nothing that Sydney does in this that you're like, 
why are you doing that? And at the end, you know, she stands over them with the gun and she's like... Yeah, yeah. I guess you could say, why did you put the scream outfit on you? How did the you have time to put the scream? I would have just hidden you had there. Time to, you had time. And in the last scene, they turn around. Gail comes in. Gail saves the day, really. Yeah, she does. Um, comes in, puts the gun on them. The lock, you know, they, they kick her because she hasn't unlocked the gun. They turn around. Sydney has somehow managed to pick up her dad. Oh, she picked up the dad too. He picked up the dad. Yeah, go Sydney. <laughs> moved him around Didn't into the him. closet. I would have just untied him. <laughs> put on the clothes. Got found, found the little voice activator. Found the phone, found the voice activator and gave him a call. Could you imagine if the police came just at that moment? <laughs> they were like, it was Sydney all along. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it was just to have the imagery of her in the suit. It worked from the film point of view, if not from a realistic point and of view. And they had a, it, it was to, oh, this is where she gets her own back on the killer, you know. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I think it's, it's, yeah, no, I think she's great. And yeah. I think she's been really strong throughout the whole series, actually. She's a very good screen queen. I, I think maybe this can maybe trans, transgress into the series as a whole. And how I feel that this series is doomed to... Pulse thesis No, I have my thesis statements coming later. I have... I think that this... Well, this isn't long. I think this series is doomed... I don't think this series has much longevity in it. Because... And I'll tell you why. Because these are essentially murder mysteries. Yeah. And hilariously, in the not so much in this one, but in the second one going onwards, you have Dale and... Dale? Gail and Dewey are trying to discover who the killer is and they're always crap they never find they never even get close yeah. to the killer the, the killer always, always the reveals himself always really smart until the, the last the, 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 the detective work in this does nothing whatever but the because the killer is different in every film it's not like Michael Myers is the through line and it's not like Freddy Krueger is the through line the only through line is the mask which isn't that interesting or the phone calls which is a bit more interesting but it's a different character so the only through line is Gail Dewey and Sydney and Sydney yeah therefore if you don't have all three of them the franchise loses something I think at some point they will introduce a new cast and I don't think the series will I don't think it'll be able to survive because you can have a Nightmare on Elm Street film because we have a Freddy Krueger. I guess maybe you could argue that if Robert England isn't in it, it's a different one. You can have a Halloween film with anybody behind that mask and it's still a Halloween film. But because it's still Michael Myers but because it's just like on the TV show I think that's why the TV show never quite hit off because it had it didn't even have the real mask but it had a mask and the phone calls but just a group of teenagers that people didn't have a connection to I think though I mean yeah but I mean the the a connection was made with Sydney, Gale and Dewey I think they probably could reboot it with a new cast um and you could build that connection to other characters but I think then it loses its screamness because the through line then just becomes phone calls and a mask but no well the through line for a new series would become uh, those new characters that you would learn but to love that's no longer scream then why is it not because that's like saying uh, the 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 new Star Wars aren't Star Wars movies because they're different characters. No, but Star Wars is more about is, is more than Luke Skywalker. Scar- Star Wars is about lightsabers and about the Force. Uh, there's all these other elements to Star but, Wars. But, but Scream is about um, uh, murder, murders and mysteries, and you know, 
people who donuts and you, i suppose could, another i just think as you well would have in a different state to inspiration being taken from these murders to, you know and being well another thing is that the, in this green film you have these characters that created the whole concept of phoning people and wearing this ghost mask to kill people and in all the sequels you have copycat killers and a copycat killer is never going to be as iconic as the original killer who started it so i just think that I don't think Scream is ever going to have a sequel that can equal the the first one. I think they're right to leave it now. Like, so they, between three and four, there was 10 years. And between four and five, there's 10 years. Yeah, I think that's it. I think, personally, I think they should leave it. Well, I mean, I don't know how Do we think Nev Campbell's going to do a Jamie Lee Curtis and... In her 60s? I mean, we were talking, in Halloween 2008... She'd be in her mid. She still look. She hasn't aged today. She hasn't aged today. Yeah, she was in uh, House of Cards, looking, she? and she looked. I mean, she looked great in Scream. Yeah. So, that little cheeky Jill is like, you're not an ingenue. And it's like, fuck you, Jill. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you talk about Nev that way? In yeah, in Halloween, the 2018 Halloween, uh, like we have this character of Laurie who only met Michael once, not mm. even not the second time, who's traumatized the character of Sydney has gone through a fuck ton more yeah. than and also the problem Laurie is just nervous of one person poor Sydney is nervous of everyone she's ever met because half of the people she's met have decided I'm going to start a killing spree that could be an interesting you know in in 10 or 15 years time an interesting uh, direction to take it where it's uh, you know have Sydney paranoid as fuck the killers in the first one were never found or something and now she's all paranoid or something you know I do, yeah I, I think that might if they do do another scream what well, they are make Sid give, give Nev Camp make her paranoid yeah. the fuck because I mean she's uh, had she's had okay this is the thing okay she's had two in the first film okay two in the second one that's four one in the third and she has had seven Serial killers try to kill seven. You ask your average person on the street to name seven serial killers, they wouldn't be able to name seven. I think, uh, (laughs) and maybe this is a limitation of Nev Campbell's acting ability, or it's just the script, or whatever. the 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 extent to which she was, you know, uh, paranoid, or you know affected by the killers was she moved house to the countryside she, that, she yeah. changed her name and had a job as a call centre she didn't seem tra- that traumatised in Scream really 3 no. you know she, she you can, yeah. was living an okay life just in a different space and that might that might be where we see how Jamie Lee Curtis is a more has more range as an actor because Jamie Lee Curtis her PTSD in both H2O and Halloween 2018 was far Very more evident. evident to the point that in 2018 you're like really? Mm. <laughs> it was 10 minutes yeah. 40 <laughs> years ago you alright? do you want to hear my my thesis statement? okay do you know the way I told you I had a surprise for you? oh yeah well oh thesis statement <laughs> Will it play it again? (laughs) Paul's thesis statement. Who did you get? Is that Gene? Yes, it's Gene. (laughs) (laughs) Once more. We actually have a few. Here's another one. Paul's thesis statement. 
Oh, she gave you options. She gave me options. Well, I can't options. believe you didn't ask me. I've got a lovely singing voice. Oh, I could have done we have, enough, we have two hours of your voice on this. We've got someone else. So Jean is a very dear friend of mine who has a beautiful voice, as you just heard. And I just, I sent her a very rough version. I was like, riff off, something like this. And uh, she decided to do something much nicer. <laughs> so thank you, Jean. So that's good. Uh, what do you think? That's well a, done, Jean. Yeah, it's yeah, good. I think that's the one of the week. Yeah, that's my favorite one. Do you want to hear my thesis statement of the week? All right. Okay. So this film prides itself on being a horror film that knows the rules, but kind of can dodge around the rules. Okay. Mm. So for instance, you can say, I'll be right back. And and actually, it's the killer who says that. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Or the virgin dies. Yeah, says it as well, and she doesn't. Exactly. Die. And then the virgin dies. So this film likes to think that it's above the rules. But actually, of the films that we've seen so far for Slasher Week, uh, Halloween, I very strongly felt that even, yes, the girls that were killed were worse having sex but the film punished them more for their irresponsibility and then yes the, uh, Nancy's friend died for having sex but it, the film never framed her as as a someone who was I think I see the irony coming out here yeah I feel this film and this franchise actually completely slut shames a character and what could, do you know what character I'm talking about uh, the mother Maureen Prescott. Yeah, she's totally. She is for the entire series. She in this film. I, know, we, I think I have I have I have two feelings about this, but go on. Let me just go. Okay, so first of all, in this film, we find out that uh, oh no, Sydney's like no, my mom wasn't. She would never do that. And then we did find out yes, she she did have a lover. Okay, she had an affair. Yeah, she had an affair. And then we find out then uh, later on that she was also sleeping with. Dewey's father as well and Did then we, uh, it's in one of the other films that like yeah, yeah I can't exactly remember and then she also was sleeping with Billy's father and then she was sleeping with Cotton Weary okay and then we find out in the third film that well actually she was gang raped in Hollywood and that there's this horrible disgusting narrative of she knew what she was getting into yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, there, there's a slightly hinted that there was the beginning of a court case but that because she was a nobody it was like swept under the carpet paid her off yeah. yeah so this horrified horribly traumatized woman who had to who, who had to who, who had a, a very short-lived career as an actress but was so traumatized she never got to do her dream career went back to her home time fell in love we don't know anything about Sydney's father so you know whether or not you know maybe they had an open relationship maybe they maybe he was a dickhead whatever we don't know anything about her because she's never on screen and Sydney even kind of says I'm going to have to accept that basically yes my mum was a slut a horrible thing and then, and then Tate she does say that though not knowing about what happened in Hollywood and, I, yeah know, I know but there's there's no uh, yeah fair enough uh, but there's no angle of my so what my mother did not deserve didn't deserve to die and this 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 whole franchise and what about those men who were having sex with her who were in these relationships absolutely yeah yeah nobody ever Laurie Metcalf wasn't Laurie Metcalf wasn't after her husband wasn't after him let's try and murder the daughter of uh, well in fairness it was more about she killed well oh yes how dare you kill the man who who killed everybody who killed your mother and everyone you know 
um whatever she was a psycho so i so i, I actually th- <laughs> <laughs> so i think actually this film falls down because it thought it was being very clever with all these characters and like oh that character's doing this and all oh, that character's doing that and we're, we're not we're not shaming the but actually maureen prescott has been absolutely slut shamed so that is my thesis statement for this episode Another thing about this film, very, very white. Very white. And I think they tried to drastically, not drastically, but they tried to... Drastically. Huh? I wouldn't say drastically, but they did improve. They tried to, no, not, not drastically, but they tried to compensate very quickly in the second one only to then kill the two black actors that they uh, introduced in the in No, Gail's weather uh, Gail's Oh sorry, yes. <laughs> yes. So well, at the fourth film the second film has four black characters then. It's got Jada Pinkett Smith and her boyfriend who both get killed. Uh, and then it has Sydney's best friend who also gets killed and Gail's cameraman. Who survives. Who survives. Who is the smartest guy there who goes Ooh, I am out of here. Well, there is this narrative that black people are much more sensible than white people and they don't <laughs> do stupid things. So, like, and, and Sydney's best friend is like, don't go back to the car. That's a stupid thing to do. Yeah, yeah, and then yeah. she's killed. And then Jada Pinkett Smith is like, why do these stupid white girls go? You know, she's going to say, and then, there's no, there's nothing that she could have, there's nothing that any of those characters could have done to avoid getting no, in killed. In anything, in any case, that, uh, Sydney's best friend is killed because Sydney goes yeah, back to the car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think that's an interesting, like, oh, they're more sensible, but they they still die. Unfortunately, they still die. And the third one, there's the actor. I can't think of his name. He was in T. He played Jordan in Sister Sister. He's killed. Oh yeah, he's one of the actors. Yeah. yeah is there remember. anyone of color in the fourth film? But even still, it's a very predominantly. It's a very predominant. Yeah, yeah. The but the one thing interesting, one interesting thing about this movie as well was that they had this character Cotton Weary. Yes, I know what you're going to say. He's played by Lee Shriver. Blink and you miss him. Blink and you miss him, but it is him on on the TV that you see, and not in this movie at all. No, like he's you he, he don't see. And that. I think that must have been the case that they they had already sort of written a sequel, or they knew they were going to. Where, where he had a prominent role, and yeah, yeah, because he's quite a prominent role in the second. He's actually a red herring yeah, in the second, yeah. and then he is the he's the death he's of the, the Drew Barrymore yeah. in the in the in the third one. Yeah. Do we want to talk about direction? Can we talk. We we didn't really talk about Wes Craven that much in terms of his his kind of his overall career right and he's a really weird career because okay here's a few of his films okay Red Eye Porn well okay but that was that's, a, that's not <laughs> on IMBD okay we got Red Eye that horror film in the plane oh with Killian Murphy yeah we got Cursed that was actually not bad uh, I'm just gonna fly to these okay so we got Cursed the werewolf film Scream all the Scream ones okay you got Vampire in Brooklyn where, uh, the Nightmare on Elm Street films Shocker Serpent in the Rainbow The Twilight Zone Deadly Friend Chiller all these films, Swamp Thing, okay, all these horror films. And then, right in the middle, right in the middle, Romeo and Juliet. 1999, Music of the Heart, story of a school teacher's struggle to teach violin to inner city Harlem kids, starring Meryl Streep. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that so weird? Uh, <laughs> she got nominated for an Oscar for that, obviously. She got nominated. No, she, oh, did. she did. Obviously. Yeah. He probably was like, I want to make a film that's nominated for an Oscar. Come on, Meryl. Yeah. 
Um, I'm just looking at it. It looks like a white person teaching lots of black people how to play violin. <laughs> Go on, Meryl. 1999. Maybe he just maybe he said I'll give I'll give something else a try. Did he write that? I wonder. It's a bit. Do you think? I don't know. Do, do directors get stuck into Tight, like typecast? Well, he certainly had a fan base in that genre, and therefore, if he he had like he'd make money, he'd have a box office. He was a name. Like I, I mean, think he'd get a bit. Like I mean, I'm sure you They're artistic yeah. people. I would have thought they like to branch out and do different things. Yeah, I think that's probably fair. I don't know. I, I think he's a. I think he's a great director, though. I think Scream is pretty fantastically directed. The whole the the first scene, incredible, just so well shot. The tension builds fantastically. Most of the kill, the, the way, most of the choreography for the kills in this film are wonderful the whole the house at the end becomes this wonderful set piece it's this massive huge country house but why did you why do you think because he directed all the other ones why do you think it gradually faded? yeah that's true i mean i still think the direction in the, film, the second one i think is still good yeah i think screen three bit, is pretty rushed i think screen three is pretty poorly directed actually i mean he's not screen, perfect screen three he goes into this meta stuff again where it's a it's a a film in a film and they're on a set on the set and all this yeah kind of stuff. i mean that's and that's fine i don't mind uh, that I, I, don't. I just don't think the tone of that film is very good yeah um i also think the music for this film is pretty good and um, there's that nick cave song that's in all four films yeah, I quite it's, like. not as, it's definitely not as recognizable as no others no it's not it, I, I mean it is the same score in all four films but I w- and I recognize it but if I when I hear it I recognize I it but I couldn't place it, it as head, a screen yeah. one no, no 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 me either and the soundtrack is very 90s lots of 90s kind of it's fine I like it the 90s it's nostalgic for me so yeah that's I think pretty much all I have to say about Squeam Squeam and Squeam so where do we want to put it on our list well I think I actually think I'm going to I'll I'll use I usually ask you to put it somewhere on the list but I'm just going to make a suggestion so number 7 is Nightmare on Elm Street and number 8 is Les Mis I think I'd put it in the middle there after Nightmare at number 8 I think it's more iconic than Name is the film. I think I put it before Nightmare. No, I think Nightmare is a better film. I think the eight performance. No, I don't think it's a better film. Um, no, I don't think so at all. I think I think I think Scream is. Really? Why? Go on, tell me. Argue. I think there's some holes in Nightmare. There's some silly mumbo jumboy stuff which doesn't make sense. Go like on, tell astral, me what holes. The astral planing stuff over to your man in the prison. Mm. I think. I think because it's fantastical, whereas this is much more real. I think the murders in Nightmare as a whole are better. I mean, the scene with with Tina being killed on the ceiling is incredible. That's very, very good. Yeah. I also think the openings, the dream sequences. I think Nightmare's scarier, much scarier. This isn't. I don't actually think Scream is very scary. Being very scared of, it, the, of this as a kid. Oh, I'd be, I remember the first thing being scary, but I don't think the rest of it is particularly scary. No, fair enough. I think I think I probably was more scared of Halloween or Freddy. I think Freddy Krueger is a more iconic villain than Ghostface. I think the phone calls are pretty iconic. Okay, I, I think, think the overall enjoyment for me, though, I would I would yeah, before watching I think I'd watch Nightmare. Nightmare. Well, and I think the music for Nightmare is more iconic. Okay, so let's let's okay. Performances, scream. 
I mean, I do think Rob, Rod, uh, Robert England is probably better, but across the board, I think, yeah, definitely. If, if you're counting the main character, Heather yeah, no, versus... Definitely scream. Yeah, okay. Music, I think, has to go to Nightmare. Fine. I think Direction. I think well, I get... both ways. It's the same one. But, but I think his Direction on Nightmare is more interesting. It's definitely... Yeah, okay. I would give that. I mean, overall enjoyment you're going to give to Nightmare, I'm going to give to Scream. All right, I will c- concede... I think that they are very close, and they're both Wes, so he'll be happy with that. Uh, All the slashers are, are ending up yeah, in the middle right in the middle. Yeah. yeah, right in the middle. So that means, okay, so we're putting Scream number eight. Number eight on our list. In our list. Okay. Cool. So we've got one more to close up uh, Slasher Week, and I, I've still got two in my head. I picked one yet. I, I will. I'm just going to say the first one that comes in my head. So you, you say your one first. Well, I'm going to stick with House of Wax and either the, the 1950s or the 2000s, whichever I can find. Okay. Um, I am going... Okay, I'm going to go. Uh, we have moved forward uh, so far, and I like the idea of moving forward. We did the 70s, 80s, 90s. Initially, I was going to pick Valentine, which is a uh, slasher with David Boreanaz focuses on valentine's day oh, i might have seen that it was yeah. 2001 and i just felt it was very similar era to scream even though it's yeah. in a different decade i just thought it was the same thing so i'm going to go much further f- forward and i'm going to do happy death day oh, which okay, i think yeah. happy it, death day is fun yeah it is and it's probably the only really big slasher film of the last five six years well, we've only recently watched it yeah and it's, it's good it's, it's fun actually i was also thinking of doing your next which we also liked but i, I figured i thought we'd do happy death day Ooh. I'm going to change to your next okay yeah I'd prefer to the, yeah. the house of wax yeah okay cool so okay so great so your next what's your heads or tails uh, heads and I'm going to do tails <laughs> okay heads are you to flip are you your flip? next oh, yeah. okay. heads your next tails happy death day Heads. Heads. So you're next. You're next. Grand. Okay. And I'm excited. I actually wasn't really bothered either way. I think both of those films will be a good yeah, send off. Yeah. And if we're t- we've had three competent heroines, but they ain't seen nothing yet no, compared to that heroine. We'll see. You're next is a. Uh, <laughs> it almost. Yeah. yeah I, I don't do. want to spoil it. No, no, no spoilers <laughs> for your next. Um, okay. So our next film is your next. Our next. Lovely. So don't forget you can visit uh, our website at www.silver-screamers.com You can email us silverscreamers at gmail.com Facebook, Silver Screamers Podcast Instagram, Silver Screamers Podcast and you can catch us on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud and on the uh, podcast app on your uh, iPhone just look for Silver Screamers and we now have a twatter Mm. you big twat face so look for at Silver Screamers or you can uh, what do you do on Twitter? I'm not on Twitter. You tag people or you at them or you just hashtag them or something. You just search. I'm so old. You just, well just if you I'm search. I'm so old. If you just search Silver Screamers, you'll find us. But at Silver Screamers, and then you'll find us. Yeah. Follow us there. Lovely. Okay, so thank you, everybody. Bye.
face a statement. Yeah. You big twat face.